0: You're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, and I'm joined by Paul Hoynes. Uh, Paul, the Cleveland Indians are back tied for the second wild card spot thanks to a big win on Sunday night against the Phillies. Really sort of wrapping up uh, a, a, a solid last week at home for them, uh, winning uh, three games in a row against the Tigers, and then two out of three against Philadelphia. And they're still in the hunt very much for that wild card spot uh, in the American League.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's going to come down to these these last six games. Uh, you know, uh, they did what basically they had to do, and it's really it's it's going to be interesting. You know, uh, Oakland and uh, Tampa both lost on Sunday. Uh, the Indians were playing the night game uh, Sunday night on ESPN, so they knew that going into the game and you know they beat the beat the Phillies 10-1 so they did what they had to do but you know <laughs> every day is kind of weird because uh Boston and the and the Rays play uh Monday night, so the Indians could conceivably either be a half game up on the wild card or or they could be a half game back if, if depending if if Tampa wins or loses against uh Boston tonight so you know the thing just keeps rocking along right i mean i think right. that's so uh you know it's going to be a wild- you know, these these last uh, six games the last are going to be wild. It's going to be uh you know if if you wanted a if you wanted a race, if you wanted a you know a divisional race if if you found baseball boring, well, this shouldn't be boring
0: Well, it sort of extends the the playoffs in back into September now, making this whole last week of of baseball a sort of a playoff situation for these guys. They're playing six must-win games the, way, uh, all the, uh, the rest of the way out. Uh, and it really got set up that way because they struggled as much as they did the previous week of this, uh, this past nine-game homestand where they, they split two out of four with Chicago and then lost uh, two out of three to Minnesota in a, in a big series that they, they really needed to have in order to, to, to have any hopes for a, a fourth consecutive Central Division championship. That sort of flies out the window now when you focus on the goal at hand, which is you know scratching and clawing and trying to get into this this wild card game uh, one way or another, uh, and, and and realizing that it could mean uh, a scenario that has you you know jetting across the country back and forth in in a space of like three to four days, uh, depending on tiebreaker games and wild cards and scenarios. And I had a question about you know what happens if if the the Rays and the 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 A's and the Indians all finish with the with identical records.
1: Yeah, it's from Mark Rubin, uh, and he wanted to know exactly that. And uh, uh, according to the baseball, you know the the tiebreaker rules, each uh, all three teams would be designated A, B, or C. You know, with those designations, they would you know, the top team which uh is Oakland right now i i think because
0: they have the head to head uh advantage right they would be designated based on their head to head matchups right, right.
1: and okay. uh and uh that would be Oakland and uh they would have the choice do they want to play uh you know they they could take uh you know if, if the, the first team i mean they could play you know let's say it's Oakland and Tampa Bay they're they're a and b and uh they could uh they, they would, would win the and uh, they'd play, and the winner would go to the wild card, and then the loser would drop down and play, uh, you know, C, which would be the Indians, and and they could, you know, the winner of that game advances into the wild card for another, you know, uh, winner take all uh, ball game.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, if one team, let's say Oakland, finishes with uh, two more wins than the other two uh, wild card contenders there in Tampa and Cleveland. Tampa Cleveland finished tied, they would play a one hundred and sixty third game, a tiebreaker game, in order to qualify for that second wild card spot. So you're looking at a, a scenario, a potential nightmare scenario for the Indians where if you know they win on Sunday and they tie Tampa Bay for the the second wild card, they would play at Tampa Bay. They would go from Washington, play at Tampa Bay on Monday. Uh, and if they would win that game, they would fly out to Oakland for the wild card game, which would be Wednesday. And then they would go fr- if they could win that game, they would go from that to either New York or uh, Houston, depending on which team finishes with the best record in the American League.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right, Joe. And, and right now, you know, as we're talking today, uh, that would be Houston. Uh, Houston's got the advantage head to head over the Yankees. And uh, so you go to Houston, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the scenario that uh, in 2013 that the Rays had, you know, mm-hmm. they had to win a tiebreaker against Texas and they came to Cleveland and, and uh, played the wild card game and beat the Indians and then had to go to Boston for the start of the division series. And they ran out of gas against uh, the Red Sox, but uh, that's a long haul, man. You, I mean, you really, <laughs> that, that's a tough grind.
0: Yeah, it makes uh, it makes it real tough for the uh, the reporters having to book rooms in three different cities as well. I think uh, there was a lot of discussion in the press box uh, about about travel. I did notice on the dry erase board in the Indians' clubhouse yesterday, uh, Bart Swain uh, wrote in in big bold letters so that everybody could see: "Pack your cold gear for the trips because you don't know you're you the the team's leaving uh, you know tonight for Chicago." And, uh, you know, the weather's nice, real, uh, real nice right now, but by the end of this week on Sunday, you never know what the weather's going to be in, in DC and you don't know where you might be going after that.
1: Yeah, you, you're really, uh, you know, I remember, uh, the, uh, the, the raise in 2013, uh, Talking to some of those guys after they beat uh, the Indians, and they none of these guys had packed for for that 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 long of a trip, so they were they were headed to Boston, and they were going to have to buy a whole new wardrobe of clothes. So I don't think we're going to do. I don't think uh, the Cleveland.com reporters. I don't know if that's uh, on on the budget there. The uh, if that that. If, uh, expenses travel expenses cover cover that <laughs> what, what what but with me and with with, with me and you and be like two pairs of jeans right there you go that's a, <laughs> and a sweatshirt
0: a couple of polos and we're good i uh, know we we would employ the terry francona method uh when you're out on the road for for more than five days you just you just flip the underwear inside out and you wear it again yeah. bring uh, an extra
1: pair of underwear definitely
0: there you go all right, well, uh, let's, uh, you know, before we, uh, you know, get into sort of previewing what's going to go on this week, uh, we need to mention that there, there could be uh, some, some changes to the roster, not necessarily changes, but uh, Jose Ramirez uh, has made this miraculous comeback. Uh, it, we had all but written him off with a season-ending hand injury uh, surgery, breaking the, the hammy bone in his right hand uh, back at the end of August. And it looks like Jose Ramirez is going to be in the starting lineup on Tuesday, unless something, you know, changed between yesterday and, and, and tomorrow.
1: Yeah. It's, it's incredible really. I mean, it's, you know, I, I'm not sure what if he sprinkled some, uh, you know, magic dust on that, on that uh, injury on that broken handmade bone or what, and uh, I, you know, I guess, you know, there has been cases of guys recovering a lot faster uh, from, from uh, you know, the Hamate uh, surgery than others. You know, I've always thought it was, you know, it was a four to six week thing, or maybe even longer. I, I think when, you know, when uh, Jose had originally had the surgery on uh, August 26, they said it was five to seven weeks. And, you know, that I thought that was a season ending thing. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's no way he's coming back. But he has made it back. Now, let's see how effective he is. You know, he's he's taking BP. He's taking ground balls. He's hit against the live pitching. Uh, but, you know, now, now you know, it gets ratcheted up a little. You know, game action is, is different, and uh, we'll have to see how that hand holds up. But right now, it's a great story, and, and the Indians need him. The Indians definitely need him. They haven't – you know, I mean, Chang and, and Flaherty and, and – uh, uh, Freeman have done a nice job at third base filling in for him. But, you know, Ramirez was one of the hottest hitters in, in, on the team when he came – when he did get injured. Uh, so uh, if he can pick that back up or is a reason, reasonable uh, facsimile of that, uh, it, it, you know, it will definitely help the tribe. But, you know, I don't know. Six games, you know, you usually have to take a, two or three games to get your feet back under you. There's Mm -hmm. no, he hasn't had a rehab. There's no place for him to rehab. Rehab assignment. There isn't time for a rehab assignment. So he gets, he's getting, he's parachuting right in. So it's going to be interesting to watch how he.
0: I think if he if he steps into the lineup and does anything at the plate, you know, I I I think that's that's just a bonus. The way you got to look at it is if you're not getting much out of Chang or Flaherty or uh, any of these other guys that you're sticking in there, uh. Then you might as well put Ramirez in there with the chance to get something out of him. Uh, otherwise, it's it's all it's all the same. Uh, one question we did ask uh, Francona: uh, Now that Jason Kipnis is is done for the year with uh, also a handmade injury, uh, and he's definitely done for the year because he's at, he hasn't had the surgery yet. He's he's having that on Tuesday. Uh, with no Kipnis in there, is there a possibility that you move Jose Ramirez over to second base as he's done? each year for the last two years uh, at the end of the season as uh, reasonable question, but uh, you know, Francona said, no, he's our third baseman. It would be a big, it'd be too much to ask of him to to move back over to second base in addition to not having played in a month and all that. So they're going to keep him at third and uh, you probably see Mike Freeman continue to get the, the bulk of the, the opportunities there at second base. Uh, because. Yeah because Francona likes uh, Freeman over there.
1: Yeah, I think you got Freeman. He's a left-handed hitter. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, the top five hitters that they ran out there last night was Lindor, Mercado, Santana, Puig, and Freeman. You know, you take uh, Freeman out of there, put Ramirez in there. Then it's Lindor, Mercado, Santana, Puig, Ramirez, Reyes. That's, that's, that, that lengthens the lineup just by stature alone, so – you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that works out.
0: Well, it's not going to work out that way when they get to Washington at the end of the week, but that's a whole other kettle of yeah, fish that we, can, <laughs> that we can get into. Uh, you know, looking ahead to this White Sox series, the White Sox have played the Indians tough 9-7 nine, nine and seven this year. Uh, the White Sox have won 9. Uh, they hit the ball top to bottom. Their, their order is, is dangerous. Uh, Tim Anderson, you mentioned Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez has has destroyed the Indians this year. Uh, Moncada has also uh, hit them very well. Uh, you, you know, you particularly got to look at matchups. Uh, if you're looking at Carlos Carrasco coming out of the bullpen in leverage situations, he has not fared well against any of these White Sox hitters this year. Uh, so th- this might be a, a series where you pick and choose your, your spots with Cookie, uh, you know, particularly well.
1: Yeah, this is – you know, this is uh, – you know, I, I think uh, if you're looking at a spoiler alert, this is it. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a reverse lock. Uh, they, uh, you know, like you said, the White Sox have played them very well. You know, they split that series earlier in September. And that, to me, you know, that probably hurt them more uh, in regards to winning – you know, coming back and overtaking the Twins to win the AL Central than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, that, just losing those two games against, against the White Sox. And, and they weren't close. I mean, like you said, Jimenez and, and Mancada and uh, Tim Anderson, those guys can rake and, uh, and they, they, they did it against the Indians. And, and, uh, you know, so, you know, I, I, I think the White Sox would love to spoil the Indian season, I think. And they, and they are primed for like a spoiler, spoiler role. And, uh, You know, and this is this is what they're dealing with. And, you know, you've got to get through these three games and you basically, Joe, I think they got to win all six of these games to have a shot and uh, they got to run the table here. And and uh, yeah, I I think
0: I think if you win, if you do win all six, if you somehow find a way to win all six games, uh, that's a huge story. And that, uh, you know, I think they're in the wild card for sure. I think you can you could probably afford to lose one against uh, the Nationals and and still reasonably feel like you're you're in a good spot to at least tie for the the second wild card. I I I think it's a you know big to expect the the Rays to to win out completely facing you know Boston, New York, and uh, a Toronto team that can can hit the ball if they need to. Uh, The big thing for the Indians is they're not going to face Lucas Giolito. Uh, He's been shut down for the White Sox uh, in this series. They will face Dylan Cease, who had a lot of success against them uh, the last time he pitched back uh, the first week of September. Uh, He struck out 11, and that was the game, if you remember, where uh, Carrasco made his return to Cleveland for the first time and came in and gave up the, uh, the two home runs and uh, they they wound up uh, losing a a three-run lead in the eighth inning and then losing that game. So, uh, you know, from a pitching standpoint, standpoint, from a matchup standpoint, you've got Clevenger and Bieber going in the first two games of the Chicago series, uh, which sets them up nicely for if they're in a must-win game on Sunday, you're bringing back Clevenger, and then you can start Bieber again uh, if you make a, a tiebreaker game on Monday, you've got Beaver to go that, that next day.
1: Oh yeah. That's, that's a good, uh, that's a good point, Joe. Yeah. I was, you know, I hadn't mapped that out, but yeah, yeah, that's, you know, that's ideal if, if you can make it work, if they're in that position and uh, you know, I think uh, they probably, what, you, you probably take uh I don't know. Does Pleissack make another start, or is he in the bullpen?
0: I think. You know? I think you you piggyback Pleissack with like a Plutko, or uh, you know. I, I don't. I think Savali's fine. I think you leave Savali where he is. He's he's fine. And he, yeah, he
1: what he pitched what seven innings last last time. Yeah,
0: uh, he's you know, quietly without making a lot of noise. That Savali's been, I think, the better of the two rookie pitchers, you know, this year. But you know, that, that's just that's me. He's He's so under the radar on everything. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't do anything. And he just goes out there and gives you six innings every start and doesn't give up more than two runs every start. It's he's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, he's uh he's been a fine, definitely. His ball moves all over the place. And, you know, he doesn't he doesn't throw hard. He doesn't throw real hard, but he throws hard enough. You know, he's thrown ninety-three 94, and ninety-four. Good movement on all his pitches.
0: You don't have to throw real hard when you get good swing and miss like he does. I mean, he's he's just like Bieber. He gets that good swing and whatever magic, you know, elixir these guys drink down in the minors. I mean, holy Toledo, they're they've got a whole crop of these right-handed young pitchers that you know throw low to mid nineties and their ball moves all over the place and they get swing and miss. And like, yeah. And there's strikes.
1: That's the key. You know, they, they, they're throwing strikes. They don't, they don't hurt themselves. Plucko doesn't hurt himself. He, he doesn't walk anybody, you know, and uh, you know, maybe, you know, Carrasco is, you know, we, saw, I know he struggled against the white Sox, but he looked last night, that was, a, you know, he really looked, uh, and you wrote about it today. He, he looked like kind of like he had gotten his legs under him. He's mm-hmm. gotten his confidence back. And, uh, you know, he 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 kind of stretched out his arm. He was able to go what two and a third. Mm-hmm. You know, strike some people out, and you know they really don't have a guy like that that can go more than one inning in that bullpen. Uh, so, you know, it it it's he. You know, if you know, I obviously he's gonna you know, probably I don't know if we see him. You know, day off today probably would not be ready to pitch uh, Tuesday, but maybe they'll see him Monday or third. I mean Wednesday or Thursday
0: yeah and i don't know if he's ready to uh to pitch back to back games uh yet or not I, yeah. I think that might be a a next step that they're sort of building towards but but Francona said this is what they sort of pictured and imagined him when when he did come back at the beginning of september it's just taken him you know three weeks to get to this point, like you said, with his legs under him with his his arms stretched out and and ready to go. Uh, if you think back to 2016 and the way they used Andrew Miller out of the bullpen, he was coming in. Uh, I think he made 10 relief appearances uh, in the 2016 playoffs. Uh, and the first time out, it was that it was that uh, was it the 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 first game. He yeah. Came in and, he came in in the fifth inning, and everybody sort of turned around and looked and said, "This is Andrew Miller. This is the." The seventh, eighth inning setup guy, and he's coming in the fifth inning in a high leverage situation with guys on base, and he gets out of that jam, and then pitches another inning or two, and and basically gets you around their lineup one time, and and sends it to, hands it off to the to the late guys and and Cody Cody Allen who was closing at the time. Uh, yeah. That's got to be what Francona is angling towards right now. Is you know. Get get your starter through the lineup, uh, you know one or two times. Get in a, a leverage situation. Get Cookie out there. Get two innings out of him, and then maybe hand it over to, to Brad Hand in the eighth if, if he's able to, and then go match up in the ninth. Who, who knows?
1: Yeah, definitely. And and you know Brad Hand is a is is a, another interesting. He's a he's another interesting reliever right now. He's you know they, he made his first appearance what two days ago. Uh, Saturday night since uh September eighth after being shut down with a tired left arm uh he looked good against the Phillies struck out the side in order uh but and now uh you know Francona said yesterday if 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 he bounces back, okay we're going to use him in leverage more le- a uh, more of a leverage high leverage situation so uh you know we don't know if that's the ninth inning, we don't know if that's the eighth inning, and uh we really don't know you know, what, what hand can do either. I mean, you know, is he ready to go back to back? Is he ready to, if they do, you know, get to the wild card and advance and get into a five game series, what, what can they depend on him and Carrasco? I mean, that may, uh, you know, if if they're fortunate enough to get that far, that may determine the outcome of the, of the, of the series.
0: Right. And you know, the nice thing, if, if they do advance and if they get into the wild card game and, and maybe into uh, a an, an ALDS, the division series situation, uh, the nice thing is there's there's off days built in, there's travel days built in with this. So some of these guys who like like Brad Hand, you need to sort of watch and take care of in this situation. Uh, there there might be an opportunity for them not to have to go back to back if there's if there's an off day. So we don't know. Uh, I don't know how it's going to shake. We don't have, like Tito says, we don't have the uh, the crystal ball. But if we did, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, we could see where all this is going. I, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how how things shake out. Yeah, I
1: was talking to Hand yesterday, and I don't know. Maybe I asked him the wrong questions, but I I didn't <laughs> I didn't get the the most positive vibe from him, and I don't know why. You know, like I think he was a little unsure if he was ready to go back to back. You know, he. I think he. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, he. He like uh, assumed he would pitch well. You know, Saturday night because he hadn't pitched in so long in like two weeks. And whether or not he was ready to go again, you know, in in short on short notice, I I didn't. I don't know. I it, it's it's really. I don't know what what's going on. If he you know, if if he was upset perhaps that they shut him down or but I thought you know he said you know he you know his arm slot was getting lower and lower and uh you know he he knew they had to do something so you know it, it's going to just be interesting to see how much they use him and how effective he is over these last six games
0: yeah I, I definitely think they'll they'll pick and choose their spots with him uh they did sort of overuse him in the in the beginning of the season that that that's what led to the situation where he wasn't uh, yeah. you know, pitching effectively.
1: No, the thing is, he's only pitched, what, 56, 57 innings. And I mean, if you look at his use, you know, the last, the previous four or five years, he was he pitched a lot more. But maybe, yeah.
0: you know, maybe catching up was, to him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that could be catching
0: up and, to him. And, and, and not, perhaps,
1: you know, that he was the only closer too, you know, last year. they, yeah. had, they and, had like some options.
0: And not every guy is Brian Shaw. Not every guy is going to be able to give you 80 appearances a year. I mean, that's, that's a that's a lot to ask. It's pitching in half of the games. Yeah, you no, know, oh. it, it definitely is. All right. Well, uh let's uh shift our focus now as we're getting down to the end of the season and we're looking uh the, the ballots are going out and, and uh postseason awards are gonna be a major topic of discussion as the regular season wraps up. Uh I know we've we've got a couple of different people voting uh in our local chapter for these these awards. Um Let's start with uh, uh, let's start at the top. I, obviously, you're uh, you you you're considering some of the candidates for the uh, the American League uh, Most Valuable Player Award. Uh, you know who do you, who do you got? What do you what do you think? Uh, is in, in that yeah. is in the picture.
1: You know, it's going to be. You know, I don't. I'm not going to reveal my my uh
0: my vote. No, votes, no, we know. can't. We can't do that. That would yeah. be against the rules.
1: But uh, but you know, I think you know, obviously, some names off the top of your head you know, Bregman, uh, Trout, LeMay, who, uh, you know, those are, those are some of the names that jump out to jump out at me. Uh, you know, you, the MVP ballots, you, you have 10, 10, but you can vote for up to 10 players. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, those guys, uh, you know, uh, uh, Devers had a great year for, for Boston. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really like LeMahieu. I I think he, he, he that was a big, di- he was a difference maker on the Yankees. Uh, Trout has had another great year. He, you know, he ended it, uh, with foot surgery. He didn't finish mm-hmm. the year, but, you know, played very well. Bregman has been a key part to, uh, you know, just a great, great, uh, Houston team. And he's surrounded by great players and, right. and always makes it easier on a guy. Um, and, you know, I think when you look at, uh, you know, look at, uh, you know, into the AL central, you know, uh, and, and the Indians, I think Santana has got to get, you know, he's, he's, he's done a nice job for the tribe. Very, very consistent on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, just, uh, he's done a really just a solid job. I, you know, I, I don't think he's the MVP, but I think he deserves some recognition, you know, a guy like, uh, Solaire from uh, Kansas City, you know, over 40 home runs. Had, he's had he's, he's going to lead, yeah. lead
0: the league in home runs, yeah. Yeah,
1: big, big year. Uh, so, you know, I, you know guys like that, you know, and Abreu obviously has had a big year, you know, leading the league in RBIs for the White Sox. And uh, so, you know, I don't think anyone is going to have uh, trouble, you know, finding 10 guys to vote for.
0: No, and, you know, as far as uh, the Indians, you know, are in the, in, in that regard, you, you definitely got to give Santana consideration. He's clearly the Indians MVP uh, so far this season, just the way that he's sort of kept the boat afloat offensively. Uh, every time the Indians have needed a clutch hit this season, it seems that Santana has been at the plate and he's, he's come through. So uh, definitely uh, you're right. He should deserve some consideration there. Uh, as far as the Cy Young Award, I think it's a it's a two horse race uh, between Verlander and Cole uh, down in Houston. But uh, wh- what are your thoughts on uh, Shane Bieber? And does the Shane Bieber deserve? You know, uh, when you talk about these uh, these awards, you get three finalists get announced at at some point at the end of the season uh, based on the voting. So. Uh, I think Shane Bieber deserves some consideration. You've got Charlie Morton uh, down in Tampa who's done, done a real good job. You've got, uh, I believe, uh, Mike Miner also, uh, you know, in, in Texas is at a, a whale of a year. But uh, Shane Bieber up there in terms of, I think he's third in strikeouts. I think he's second in innings uh, in the American League. Uh, he's taken that next step and in a year where all of the accolades that he's, he's won, uh, you know, all the complete games, the shutouts, the, the 15 strikeout game, the all-star MVP, uh, this has sort of been his, his breakout year.
1: Oh yeah. I don't think there's any question about that, Joe. I think, I think the MVP, I mean, the Cy Young ballot, you can vote for five guys. I'm pretty sure, you know, top three. And uh, I, I, you know, so, uh, you know, Beaver definitely uh, deserves some. Uh, uh, t- you know, he deserves some recognition. He's had a great year. I mean, you know, he's he struck out what 252 guys. He's uh, second in innings pitched to Verlander, at least. Uh, you know, going into and yeah, you, know, uh, you know, he's he, this guy's made 32 starts. I mean, this is like he's he's morphed into Corey Kluber. You know, I just right. you know, and, and it it's it's amazing to me. You know, I know he's run out. Uh, you know, he's. He's kind of like running on fumes a little bit, but I think he's done a nice job managing his workload and cutting back his work between starts. So he's fresh, you know. He's still, you know, fourth in ERA, three point two three. The league is only hitting two twenty five against him. I mean, the opposition is only hitting two twenty five against him. Um, I think he's, I think he's def, a definite, uh, you know, strong Cy Young candidate. I don't think he's the winner, you know, that, that Verlander or. Verlander or or uh, Cole or, you know those guys. You know those those guys are kind of separated themselves, like you said. But uh, right, definitely, he he's been a pleasant surprise. This is only his second year, and uh, you know he's 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 done a great job. I yeah. I think uh, I think you, you can't say enough about him.
0: As, as we go through these, as we're listing these awards, I think uh, it, 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 a theme you're going to hear is. You know, I think he deserves recognition, but I don't think he's he's the winner when you're talking about Indians players. It means they've got a lot of good, you know, players in the mix and a lot of uh, good good stuff going on. But, uh, you know, there are – the winners are sort of – have sort of separated themselves out already at at, at this point. Uh, yeah, which,
1: and we, sh- we shouldn't forget Clevenger either in the Cy Young. Oh, no, so, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I would have loved to see if he didn't get hurt and he didn't miss, what, two and a half months or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's on fire, man. He's like, what, 11-1 and one in his last 15 starts? I'd like to see that over 30, 33 starts and just see how that, that would play. I, and uh, I think he's got a, you know, he might, he, might, he might get a couple votes as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, I definitely think he deserves he, – he's a down-ballot sort of uh, guy. You know, he gets some votes down the ballot, but, you know, should definitely finish in that top 10 – you know, at least for the Cy Young uh, voting in uh, Clemmenger, his stuff's just been electric since he's been back. It's it's been unbelievable, uh, and the way he's added velocity uh, this season, it's it's been really impressive. Uh, when when we talk about uh, you know sort of the the top candidates have separated themselves, but uh, you know the Indians guy deserves recognition. If we're talking about the American League Rookie of the Year, uh, that's the situation with. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, who's sort of come on and been incredible in Houston. He's, he made an already solid lineup in Houston, even more dangerous and, you know, lengthen that lineup even more uh, by hitting tape measure home runs and at a, at a record pace uh, since coming on in May. Uh, and then you've got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, in, in Toronto and everything he's done uh, sort of reinvigorating that offense and, you know, the display he put on in the home run derby here in Cleveland. Uh, I know that doesn't count for anything, but it's still there. They, it, he is a dangerous hitter. We saw firsthand in that uh, those games in Toronto uh, back after the all-star break. Uh, he, he almost single-handedly beat them in a game uh, that, that they walked off anyways, but uh, Vlad Guerrero and uh, Jordan Alvarez, uh, Eloy Jimenez and, in, in in um, Chicago and John Means in Baltimore, the pitcher, uh, other candidates, but Oscar Mercado, uh, you get to vote for three for the um, the rookie of the year, and I I think Oscar Mercado is a guy who deserves consideration in that that number three spot, uh, just the the recognition of what he's been able to do just in the last two weeks, carrying this Indians offense almost seemingly by himself uh, through this this last homestand.
1: Oh, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. He's, he's had a, he's had a great, uh, you know, year. He, he didn't start the year with the club. He came up, what, in May, maybe? Mm-hmm. May? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, his, you know, played, uh, he's had his troubles in, in the outfield. I, I, he's not a perfect outfielder. I like him much better in center field than I do in left field. I don't think left field did not treat him very well. Uh, but, uh, He's still got some stuff to learn defensively, but offensively, jeez, oh, man, this guy, he has really, really played well. And like you said, Joe, in September when it counts, when the, when the Indians have needed him, uh, you know, he's played his best. He's played, he's hit, he's, I think he's played his best baseball right now. He's, mm-hmm. he's you know, he's kind of r- rising to the occasion. And, uh, you know, you like, to, you like his speed, you like his, you know, kind of developing power, the way he's a, a stolen base threat you know, he's, he's kind of taken over that number two spot in in the lineup right behind Lindor, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's, a he's, a you know, he's definitely, uh, deserving of, uh, some, some you know some rookie of the year votes, uh, you know, and I you know I have a, a weird thing about rookie of the year. I think if you don't win rookie of the year, you're better off. <laughs> uh, you know, certainly it's certainly the case. It's certainly the case for Indians
0: players. That's, that's yeah.
1: Kenny Lofton didn't win it, and look what you know uh, the guy Bob Hamlin. I think Bob did, Hamlin. Um, no, the, there was a was, uh, infielder, was Pat, was infielder from Milwaukee that won it. Pat was, Listash. Yeah, and and you know Listach. You know, really couldn't was hurt the rest of his career, and Lofton, you know, kind of a borderline Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with Manny Ramirez, Bob Hamlin. Bob Hamlin, mm-hmm. and you know, Ramirez turned out to be one of the best right-handed hitters in, in history. He had a little help, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know,
0: but still, you know. Well, here I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in your argument right there. Uh, Francisco Lindor should have won uh, Rookie of the Year in 20 what 15, and Carlos Correa won it instead. So. There yeah, Correa's
1: go. had trouble staying yeah, healthy, Correa he stay healthy. Ha-
0: yeah but, he, but Correa, he, he, Correa, Correa he gets has a, a
1: massage and breaks a rib
0: oh don't <laughs> that's even that's, that's ridiculous uh, yeah but Correa's you know got a ring and, and what is Bob Hamlin yeah. wearing on his hand right now uh okay and, and just just for just for fun let's throw out the other uh, BBWA award that'll be announced uh in November the manager of the year award uh I think uh, no no doubt when there's an opportunity for a Yankees manager to win the award, and certainly Aaron Boone has done an outstanding job this year of winning with just a, a roster that's been decimated by injuries, uh, I think Aaron Boone is the runaway winner with of the Manager of the Year award. Uh, however, if that's your bar that you're setting uh, things at, uh, Terry Francona also should deserve some some consideration, just because you know he's done the same thing. He's kept his team in contention all year, uh, despite devastating injuries to his pitching rotation and, and, and roster.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Tito's had a great year. I think maybe you know, I uh, you know, I read comments from fans and stuff, and they say it might be his best year. His <laughs> best, you know, he's won he's won a two um, manager of the year award since becoming the Indians manager. And this might be his best job, uh, you know, because of uh, the injuries and what he's had had to deal with this year. And those, those other clubs were, you know, kind of 2013 club kind of came out of nowhere, but I can't, I, I think it was maybe 2004. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure when, when he won it the second time, but, but that was a, t- a much, that was 2016, I think. Yeah. And, and, uh, that was a, ta- a more talent. It was team. after
0: the 2017 season that he won it. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. That was the 102 win team. Yeah. Yep. So, and, uh, so, you know, that was, uh, you know, that, that they, they just, uh, you know, they had some uh, numbers you couldn't deny, you know, the guy I like is, uh, I like a couple guys in, in this Rocco Baldelli's done a great job in, mm-hmm. in Minnesota, you know, kind of, you know, no one expected them to, uh, to uh, the twins to do what they've done this year and, and Bob Melvin always does a mm-hmm. great job to me uh, uh, in Oakland. I mean they always have like 40 you know they go through like 60, 70 players, everybody's hurt and uh, they, they but they always find a way then they always play great down the stretch and uh, Kevin Cash has done a nice job. Right, going you know, Tampa Bay. So there's a lot of deserving candidates.
0: All right, that's going to wrap it up here for this week's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Fall big week ahead. Uh, safe travels to Chicago and Washington and we'll be in touch. Thanks Joe, we'll see you buddy.